Hey fans, welcome into today's version of the Newt and Baca show. We are near the end of August here, and we have a guest here with us today to join us on our podcast, Dave Finucci and Mike Baca, the Newt and Baca show once again. And we are about a little ways, halfway through the, the baseball season here, Baca, about a month ago, uh, maybe you know, about four weeks in the regular season. Things have, a lot of stuff has gone on. We'll talk about that. Uh, we are about 10 days away from kicking off the NFL season here. Exciting stuff there. And uh, a lot of guys are in the middle of their fantasy football drafts and, and everything else. So uh, uh, we'll get to those, those things as well. But um, our guest today with us, pleased to be joined by Ma uh, Matt Crevin. Matt, thanks for being here with us today. He is, a, uh, he is the press box announcer at Levi's Stadium for the San Francisco 49ers. He's been doing that for, for several years, seven or eight years. And prior to that, spent some time in their PR department. So we're going to chat with Matt. Thanks so much for joining us here today, Matt. You bet. Good to be with you both. Are you getting, you getting fired up and excited for uh, the season or what's going on? How are you feeling about it? I'm always fired up and I'm always excited. The X factor is, I don't know if I'm going to have a gig. <laughs> uh, we're waiting. You know what? It's uh, it's unusual times for everyone. NFL is not immune to this. Uh, that's a bad term to use, I guess, right there. But um, always excited. Um, I'm just going to do a little math, David. I'm not here to correct you, but you're a teacher. So I am going to correct you just briefly yeah. because I aim for facts, okay. especially on your guys' program. Uh, 27 years total, 21 doing the, uh, doing the press box PA. So whatever that is worth, we wow. just try to be accurate. I was way off. 21 years doing the PA announcing for the press box at prior, of course, obviously at Levi's, but also prior to that number of years at Candlestick Park, which was, of course, that, that place goes down in my heart, uh, Matt, as my favorite stadium in, in, in all of sports and it no longer exists, but that's where I grew up and that's where I went to games and uh, it has a sentimental place in my heart, but uh, going to Niners games and 40, 49ers and Giants games there, but uh, you started out there, and uh, so give us a rundown of what you do for the 49ers and, and explain the difference to, for our listeners, um, what the press box announcer does compared to, you know, a play-by-play -play radio guy. Yeah, no, absolutely, and just for context, if it's helped for you guys and for your listeners as well, just to give a quick backdrop, then I'll answer that question. I'll try to keep it short and sweet, but uh, yeah, I started in 1992, and as a 49er historian that you are, you're a Bay Area guy, those that'll want to think back or love the history of the 49ers in football, that was Montana's last season, was my first season. Okay. There's a story there. Actually, there's a lot of stories there, but just to kind of set the milestone marker for me, those first two years, uh, first year was an unpaid public relations intern, uh, and just being thrust in that environment was pretty heady stuff for you know a young kid right out of San Jose State. So that's kind of the, the marker, if you will, and then began and you know as a PR yeah, not only an intern then the next year I got hired in 93 and then right before the 94 season started they said hey we're going to put you down to part-time status of course they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year not yeah. that I'm bitter that I lost out an opportunity to wear a ring just kidding I don't know <laughs> if I'd ever wear it anyway then the uh you know four years of just working with the national media I worked as what's called a spotter for the tv crews that would come in in the week assist them in their production meetings giving them every possible updates injuries Etc. the media that would come in and cover the team. Then for 21 of the last uh, 27 years, I've been doing the press box PA, as you mentioned. So yeah, a little bit different than working a radio where you've got a lot more opportunity 
to offer some color analysis, right? You can really dissect each and every play. What I'm doing is, is clear and concise, you know, a play by play. So David Finucci, the ball carrier, um, Matt Crone on the tackle, gain of six yards. That's up a second and nine. There's no color analysis. It's just kind of yeah. fact, fact, fact. Then I'll give a scoring update. Right? I can give injury updates to the members of the media so they know what's going on as they write their stories. In a way, I'm just a second set of eyes in providing information that people can use in their stories or just have. So it's it's um, it's a lot of fun. But unlike a radio guy, I really don't have a lot of emotion I can give into what I would call my call of the game. And the reason that is, I've got at Levi Stadium, I've gotten other than the 49ers staff, front office crew from you know, GMs, et cetera, you know, John Lynch is the next booth next to me, but I've also got the opposing team. And so I'm kind of, you know, I sit on the fence, on the top of the fence. I can't lean and give more emotion for a home team or a visiting team, which uh, sometimes a little tough, yeah. especially if the game's exciting. Uh, so that's what I do. And I hope that gives some, a good little snapshot. I'll, let me know if there's anything I can clarify on that. Sure. When, when you grew up, um, were you, I mean, I know Dave was kind of in the same boat and I was in the same boat. We were always kind of angling to see like, okay, I know I love sports. I want to do something involved. If I can't play, I want to do something involved in the sporting world. Were you, did you grow up with that same kind of mindset? Basically, I want to get in the door and once I'm in the door, then I'm going to explore and see what may be the best fit for me. No two ways about it. It's wow. spot on. It's exactly, um, and I'm not going to say it like you guys. I will just speak for myself. High school athlete, college athlete. And guess what? That's where it stops for many people, uh, and I'm no different. So for me, it was I, I knew that I always wanted to pursue, you know, pursue a path. Whether it was even sports apparel, whether it was you know sports marketing in some realm, I would have never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I'd be you know interning in the sports information department at San Jose State met a woman there who was a head gymnastics coach. Her name is Jackie Walker. Would have never imagined that her husband, Jerry Walker, was the director of PR for the Niners. Would have never imagined I would have gotten a handshake. Would have never imagined I led that handshake to a meeting. Strange things happen. And that's how that evolved. It was good luck, good timing, and then just having some personality to put into play when that moment occurred. So, yes, sorry, that was a little long-winded. No. Absolutely knew that I no, wanted to be in sports in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. But that's how that's how it works, right, Matt? I mean, uh, you have to put yourself in a position to take advantage of opportunities, and uh, you did that. I mean, you went to San Jose State and you shook people's hands and you walked into the sports information department and tried to get an opportunity, and then things worked out from there. But you know, um, and we can talk more about that later because I think that's a little bit of what what you're trying to, to do now, in in what you're working on in your career beyond being a press box uh, announcer right. for 49ers games because I, I guess ultimately we, you know I think everybody realizes that that is a a great gig and it's a fun gig uh, but it can't it's not a full time job it's not something that you can do to make a living so uh, you, right. you you know uh, that that we'll, we'll talk more about what you're doing uh, uh, later but get, yeah. getting back to doing the press box and stats and information for the 49ers. Um, you've got a long history with the team, like you mentioned, and historically you've seen this run since Joe Montana's last year, as you just talked about, but, uh, uh, there's been ups and downs with the team. We like to talk about sports on this show and this year's, uh, you know, let's get right into this year's squad. How are you feeling about, uh, things coming off the Super Bowl? 
what a year last year this team put together. And I think they've got the core group of, of uh, players to get go deep again. And I think a lot of fans are feeling that way as well. How do you perceive uh, uh, th things might turn out for this year's club? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And I'm going to assume you guys will feel the same way. But I'll just give you, like, my opinion, right? As my older brother said, you're always entitled to your wrong opinion. And I'll give you my wrong opinion. No, it's yeah. my opinion is it is it's tough to repeat. Now, they didn't win. And last year, there may not have been the expectation that there clearly is going to be this year. It's just yeah. it's set in stone. And, of course, there's a few pieces that are now gone. It's inevitable in sports. That's just unfortunate. That's just the way it works. So you look at, you know, some of the key uh, defensive linemen, one in particular, on is that rookie they drafted going to be able to play right away? You just don't know. So there are still some unknowns. But for the most part, the roster is intact. Yes, there's a few key pieces that are getting older. I'm going to say in the outside corners of the defense specifically. I'm not going to point out Sherman, but look, let's, let's just be real. Yeah. A lot of things have to come in play. It's, there's a lot of good luck in football more than anything else. Can they stay healthy? But, you know, signing Mostert, getting some of the key pieces that are still there, looks like a really good draft, even though you don't know those things until two to three years down the road. I just, it's going to be interesting from my perspective to see how they handle the expectations. Everyone's yeah. going to, you know, they've got the bullseye, right? Even though they didn't win the bowl, they won the championship. Everyone's going to be shooting for them in the, in the conference. So in the NFC, right? Um, I'm optimistic, but it's tough to to get back there. It's just it's hard. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it, and then to try to get back. Um, excited to see how they perform under that. Everyone's got one more year under Shanahan's system on the offense. I think the defense is pretty good and pretty much intact. Maybe a few key pieces coming in. Um, I think it's fingers crossed, and it's like anything. Let's see. Sure. You, 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 we've looked at uh, the last several years, teams that have lost the Super Bowl, they don't bounce back well. I mean, uh, you lose the Super Bowl, and especially in excruciating fashion, there, you know, and a lot of organizations, they can't explain it. They say, hey, we think we're better than we were last year, but there's this hangover. There's this black cloud that hangs over the 49ers. We've asked several people close to the 49ers, how do they feel about that when addressing that question? And they feel they got the right guys in place with Lynch um, as the, the GM in Shanahan, who has now experienced two just devastating Super Bowl losses. I mean, the ability to kind of turn the page on that, the ability to kind of say, we just got to keep moving forward. And it, it's interesting. I, I think maybe more of a veteran team might have more of a hangover than a, a maybe a younger team. Your perspective on the hangover aspect. Yeah, the hangover aspect. Dare I just say, you guys will chuckle. You guys are Niner fans, right? So I'm preaching to the choir. Browns fan. About the Rams for a minute after their Super Bowl run. Yeah. Did, how did that happen? a great example. Now, am I going to say that the 49ers are positioned like the Rams? Look, McVay is a pretty sharp coach. Uh, but like you said, um, is it Mike or Michael? Sorry, I should have said this. I'm on either, air with you. but Either or. Either or. All right. I'm going to call him either or. No, it's, uh, you know, do I trust <laughs> Shanahan's young and innovative? Yeah, I do. Do I think the defensive coordinator, do I think they're in place? So, I would love in my heart of hearts to think that they will not put themselves in a position, especially like what a team in their own division, the Rams did. But it's always the but. It's I just I didn't have to show me. Uh, I mean, and look, we can, was... we can extrapolate this however you want. Yeah. I think Shanahan is smart enough to realize, look, we can't just run the same exact sequence that we did. We're going to have to throw in a couple wrinkles here or there. Garoppolo's got another full year under that system. They're going to have to show something a little bit different than what they did last year. And just to keep defenses 
on their toes and not just run exactly what they did last year. So everyone's got tape. Everyone sees it. I'm sorry. I strayed off from your question. I'm, I'm heartedly optimistic that um, they'll be able to perform. It really seems like they've got that hunger, even though everyone can say that. Uh, I'm just curious. I think the first, you know, going inside the locker room, pretty much any organization breaks the season down into quarters. I'm curious to see how that, you know, those first four four games go. And Matt, I think that will be a real sample, you know, sample yeah, size. It, Look, if they if they get tripped up in week one, it's not the house of cards will not collapse. But I think the first four games will be pretty telling. That that's interesting. You know what I think is over the years, Matt. We we've seen this team, and they made a run in 2012. That was a good three-year run when they went to the NFC Championship twice and the Super Bowl, surrounded by losses in the NFC Championship before and after a Super Bowl run. Um, this team, I think, has the pieces to do to, you know, they're going to be, I, I don't know, even if, on a, if they're not quite playing as well as they did last year, I think they're still a, a playoff team, uh, even if they have a down year. I mean, they got so much talent, great defense. Uh, they are, they are uh, you know, all you've been hearing about from the guys is, and mentally is, is that they're, they're on a revenge tour. They want to get back there. I know that's all being uh, said, but I really feel like the roster itself is solid. And, and even if they don't go 13 and three, I mean, the three losses they had in the regular season last year, Matt, were by, by, by a combined six points. I mean, this team was right. almost 15 and one or 16 and zero, and to think they're going to fall to eight and eight or seven and nine or nine and seven to me is just not, I don't, I don't know that that would, I, I don't feel it. And as a fan, I think we're going to be better than that. At that being said, uh, are they going to go back to the Super Bowl again? Like you said, that's asking a lot. Um, but I feel like they're a playoff team for sure. One of the top, what is it, uh, eight teams in the NFC make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. Um, what is, uh, in your estimation, Matt, how does give us the the COVID situation in the press box? What is going on with the media coverage, as far as you know it, this year at NFL games, or in particular at, uh, at Levi's in California? Because I know California, each team is handling things differently. Niners aren't allowing fans in the stadium at all at the beginning for right now. No tickets sold. Some teams, like the Chiefs, are selling tickets. So where are we with the COVID situation in California? And what is happening, as far as you know, for fans and media at Levi's? Great question. How about this? I have no clue. That's my quick answer. No. <laughs> We're about um, 10. What, when are we kicking off here? 13 days? or? or... It's, a little, it's a little different. Um, just to, again, for, just for your listeners, just to give a context, you know, even in my role as you know, Press Box Public Address Announcer, I'm on a series of one-year contracts each year. And I directly pipe right into um, the executive VP of communications of the team. And it's just an email virtual handshake arrangement every year. This year is a little bit different. So I've been in touch um, and literally as of last week, I think it was last Thursday. So literally just a few days ago, there is still no official word from the organization itself. Um, and as you mentioned, right, certain teams are doing certain things based on state directives, national directives. Right now, I'm in a state of flux. I don't know. Um, there is no such thing as an essential role. Look, we're talking about a game let's be first and foremost about that. It's a game in an industry I absolutely love and want to be part of, no question. 
Um, there is still talk with inside the 49ers of how they're going to handle this from an operational perspective. What's the logistics look like? There will be no fans, as David, you just mentioned. So I was thinking in my head, my good buddy that I mentioned earlier, Paul Tanelli, who does the stadium PA, there's no need for him, unfortunately, because there will be any fans in the stands. But there still needs to be media coverage. What's that going to look like? So I thought in my head, you assume things, right? We all know what happens when you assume. Uh, but then the word is, as of Thursday, is we just don't know yet. We might use the stadium PA. And they might put the media outside, put them somewhere outside because there are no fans. And then they will now, the media will then work off of the stadium PA instead of me. They might use the press box as a NFL security safe zone for people that are in COVID protocol. They might use that as a safe place. It's, I don't have a clear-cut answer, mm. um, so I'm awaiting news to see if what I do will actually be happening or not on the 13th. So here we are, just a few days away, and a little different this year. That's wild. That is absolutely yeah. wild. And that's and that's and Michael. Let you jump in here a second as well. But real quick, Matt, that's a strange oddity for you because um, it's not like you just drive over to Levi's to do your gig. You live in Seattle. And he and you commute down on a plane for every home game. Am I right? That's how much I love what I do. Uh, and I don't want to elevate this because, look, I just yeah. mentioned it's a football game. We all enjoy it as fans. I'm a fan, too. I just happen to be very lucky and grateful that I've got a job. Um, I've got one of 32 jobs. If you think about it that way, that yeah. makes it sound, wow, one look at 32. that guy. That's not what I'm about. But at the end of the day, I'm very grateful, and I don't take it for granted. And I love it so much that, yeah, I do fly down for every game. That's how much I enjoy what I do. And, David, you mentioned, look, this is not a moneymaker, right? This is something you do because you have a deep drive to do it. Uh, and I always look as my job is to make the 49ers look good, make the 49ers yeah. front office look good by all the visitors and the hundreds of folks that come in on a game day to provide good information for them. Um, so uh, I love doing it. I get to see my family when I fly down. Uh, I get to well, see a football game. I get paid to do it. Can't ask for much more. I'm just hopeful that I get to do it. Yeah, and you, you got your flight booked for for the opening day on the 13th or what? I do. So I'm booked, <laughs> extra packed, <laughs> ready to roll. Just waiting to see what happens. So yeah. I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm also just like everything in life right now, not just sports. Prepared to go either way with this. It could happen. Uh, I'm prepared for it not to happen. It will be very, very surreal to be on my couch um, and to not have a game to work and yet watch it on TV. That will be very odd if that happens. But I just think that's the world we're living right now. I just have to be just flexible with everything. In 27 years, you've been uh, in the press box and uh, doing this job. What is the most memorable moment? What is maybe something that's been memorable as in awesome or memorable as in, I cannot believe that just happened right here. David, did I not tell you that Michael was going to ask the tough questions? There yeah. it is. <laughs> um, he gets look, it. I'm grateful to be able to even say, oh my God, pull, pull, you know, pour over 27 years worth of games. But I did some research just for you guys. And I'm going to, I'm showing visual. I know, you know, the listeners can't see this, but I took yeah. some notes thinking that question might happen. And honestly, I didn't know the answers to my own question of whatever this is worth. I thought it might be interesting. We're all 49er fans, right? Um, so Browns fan here. Browns yeah, fan. Yeah, uh, 
throwing that in there, Matt. Uh, just a, a look, look at his face. The, look at his face. The program is over. <laughs> the Browns, the Browns um, fans. Yeah. Twenty-seven years. If I, if I work the thirteenth, it'll be the start of my twenty-eighth season. Playoff games. I've been very fortunate to announce seventeen. Five okay. of those have been NFC title games. Not all wins, by the way, as you mentioned earlier. Giants. <clears throat> yeah. 21 Monday Night Football games. 49ers have been on 49 total. I've been part of 21 of those. Yeah, including anyway, the one where sorry, I met I really you. I'm a stat guy sometimes, so I figured I'd just throw that out. Uh, Michael, your question. Um, there's so many that come to mind. I can just rattle off a few. Um, again, I mentioned very early on that my first year was Montana's last. In 92, when he came out for his last appearance on Monday Night Football against the Lions, um, that was, how do I say this kindly? a spine tingly moment from what montana meant the region the team that was a pretty awesome moment that same season in 92 there were some epic games i never forget when jim kelly and the bills came in to play at candlestick uh i believe that was 92 and it was like a 34 31 up and down game I, my stat sheet was full i couldn't even have more room to write anything down that game comes to mind um two I might have my years wrong. I need David to fact check me or you, Michael. But 2011, home playoff game against the Saints, Alex Smith to uh, Vernon Davis. That, I thought, perhaps the stadium might implode just by the sheer rattling of the stadium. That one jumps out. Terrell uh, Owens, was it 97? The catch against the Packers in a divisional game. That jumps out. Kirsten Hurst against the Jets. But there's also some losses that jump out. Yeah. The bitterness of being in a title game and losing to the Giants at home. That was uh, rough. There's been a lot of great playoff wins. Ricky Waters, five TDs against the Giants. That was the 93-94 season. I can go on and on. I really don't know if I – how do I shortlist that? You can't, yeah. Sorry, really, I don't know if I can give yeah. you one. The, right? I don't know if I can do it. Well, you could shortlist it uh, based on the stadium because a lot of those things you mentioned were a candlestick. Now we're talking about uh, about at Levi's, and, and and really the history at Levi's is only four or five years. So, and as far as playoff games go, we're talking last year. Um, right. I mean, there were two. So, you know, you could, uh, you know, essentially you could break it down that way. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, like you said, there's just way too many to list. Great question from Mike, but you know, you've been around for so long that it's just unbelievably uh, exciting. Uh, and all those memories at Candlestick are gonna. Uh, did you were you able to grab a piece of the history of Candlestick Park, Matt, before they tore it down? Maybe a press a box, question. Mike, or something. Yeah, no, that's a great question because, and that's another one. The last home game against the Falcons, where the ball mysteriously was tipped, and it seemed like it was levitating in air before Bowman took it in the air and ran 85 yards the other way that also jumps out just because i mean how unreal of an ending to close down the building than that um i did ask quietly stealthily that's even the right use of the word uh, to my friends at the park and rec department which by the way they apparently owned the actual physical equipment inside the press box there was an old table mic that i used and then i was you know hardwired into a headphone I wanted just to bring the table mic. It was maybe about 35 pounds. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and every game, after every game, it was a facilities guy would come in and the audiovisual guy would come in and unplug and pack it away. I said, hey, is there any way that, that, that just can mysteriously go in my bag and no one will know a thing about it? Kind of a wink, wink type of thing. He said, hey, I'd love to, but I don't think, you know, I'm not, I tried every which way right. to just get the mic. It didn't happen. Um, 
But you know what I do have that no one can take away? It sounds like an old man, father type comment, but I got the memories. It's all there. Yeah. No one can strip that away. Um, I've got a few things that I took away from the yard over the years, you know, just collectibles that, you know, from the press box, tons of photos that I've taken from behind the curtain. And I love stuff that's behind the curtain that maybe the general fan may not be able to have access to. So I've got photos to represent my time there. Those are my keepsakes. That's what I've got. That's awesome. What a, what a fun opportunity in life and, and just to be involved with as a sports fan, Matt, uh, especially growing up in, in, in California, in the Bay Area, and, we're, and going to college at San Jose State and being a Niner fan. Um, we're running out of time here on the show, Matt. Uh, we, we've gone a little ways with you. Give us an idea what you're doing now. Um, and I know you're promoting uh, some, some work, uh, trying to, uh, you, you, you know, you, do, you make a living talking. And so what, what is it that you do to, to try to help other young kids get into the, that line of work and also uh, get better at, at talking in front of people? Yeah, there's two things that I'll, that I'll mention you brought up actually and uh, i learned a tremendous amount just my first year that year of 1992 the biggest lesson was not even sports related it's just being in a locker room with soon-to-be hall of fame players i won't list the roster we all know who is on the team put me in a position to learn how to communicate clearly and confidently with a wide variety of people not just the guys in the locker room national members of the media that i was working with my colleagues and everyone in between that lesson right there being able to communicate to a wide variety of people egos included that's the bedrock of what i do now which is my own small uh business called talk shop and i teach today's youth high school and college students how to communicate clearly and confidently regardless of the situation and the scenario not only to improve their academic lives but within their family sphere whatever that might look like and ultimately in their relationships both personal and business and how can they be prepared life and you mentioned this david you said look you know when i was at san jose state you said look you took advantage of the opportunity which is absolutely accurate everyone should do that what i do my whole goal is to prepare people when that opportunity presents itself you better damn well be ready to articulate who you are what's your value that you can bring to that person or that organization what solution can you solve for them but being able to verbalize that to someone is a lost art because we're all living in this digital climate especially today's students, that's what I focus in on. It's not just to be prepared for a job in sports, it's to be prepared on how to network and interview and how to live life and how to have conversations to deepen the relationship, solve a, a discrepancy or a conflict. How do you have more conversations? That's what Talk Shop is all about. So I do a series of workshops, one-on-one -on -one career coaching, all done virtually right now. That's what Talk Shop's all about, but the Niners are the cornerstone of what this is all about. It's how do you communicate to a wide variety of people. So that's what I do. That's awesome, Man, Matt. That's, wow. Yeah, that's great stuff. That's so needed in this, uh, in this day and age, especially with uh, everybody communicating like this, typing on their keyboard and not actually looking someone in the eye and saying exactly what they can bring to them or what, uh, how can I help you? How can you help me? Let's talk. Let's look at each other. That's a lost art, which I didn't think would happen, but it is. Yeah, it is. And for those that want to learn more, I don't know if you want me to put the website out or maybe you want yeah, to put it would. out yourself later. That's fine. I don't need to over promote. But for those that yeah, are interested, ahead. just to learn more, it's kind of a unique, <clears throat> unique URL. It's talkshop.company. And everything that is, you know, someone would want to learn or if they want to reach out just to share an exploratory chat with me and learn more about what it is that I do, 
that's where they can go. So it's talkshop.company. Well, Matt, I, you know, I teach journalism classes out here in, in Houston, Texas and, and high school. So, you know, now I'd, I'd love to have you come on. We, we do, you know, Microsoft team meetings for class. So I love, uh, just as a guest speaker from my high school class, it'd be awesome to have you on to talk about that and, uh, and, and teach my kids um, some of your lessons and some of your thoughts about, you know, because they can absolutely use that in today's day and age. You know, I teach a lot of high school kids, juniors, sophomores, uh, that are, you know, not real confident in their, in their public speaking skills. So, right. you know, anything that you can, uh, we'd love to have you on there. And, um, yeah. you know, we, you and I can hopefully, uh, connect later on to talk about that, but, um, we're running out of time here on the show, Matt, it's been a pleasure having you, uh, man, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, uh, you are be sitting in that press box yeah. on September 13th when the Niners open up against the Cardinals and uh, you get to do your thing. I hope so. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy what you guys are doing. All right, man. I really appreciate Thanks, you hanging over here today and talking to us. So uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Have a good one, buddy. You got it. Talk to you soon. I always love talking to a lifer, Finooch. Yeah, Mike. It's, yeah. Uh, Matt's been doing this a long time and – uh, he's a great guy and, uh, what a, what a sweet gig, you know, like he said, one of 32 people in the, in, in America that gets to do what he does. There's 32 NFL stadiums and actually he might even be fewer because, uh, the, the Jets and Giants share a stadium. So maybe there's only one press box guy there, but, uh, yeah, he's got a pretty fun little, uh, uh, job. And I, I love I love when you know you talk about people in the business, and and you grow up and you think oh I can only be an athlete or I can only be this or that. There are so many little subspaces within the sports athletic realm where you can uh, you can get that itch scratched at, yeah. uh, for a career, and you might have to be you're gonna have to be mobile for one. You have to be versatile for two. You cannot pigeonhole yourself, as Matt was talking about. You can't just say, I'm going to be, uh, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, it's good to have a goal, but you got to be willing to kind of take some other jobs to get yeah. in that in that uh, realm where you want to be. And, you and I and are I both think, perfect examples of yeah. it, Maka. I mean, you yeah. and I were both at Chico State as freshmen with, with sitting there right in front of us and had no idea, but we both wanted to get into sports, right? And yep. we created those opportunities. You and I did it. We, we created those opportunities for us in Ch at Chico State, and we got into the business, and we took advantage of opportunities. And neither one of us knew how it was going to turn out. But, you know, I, I was led down a path that created for, for a career that I had in PR and communications and sports. And you got into a, a path for, for, for sports radio, which is what you always wanted to do. And it just turned out because, like, he, like Matt said, you got to be able to take advantage of those opportunities, right, that – that, you know, uh, when it comes, um, you know, because the world is based on competition. That's how the world works. I mean, the best person's going to win. And, you know, when an opportunity opens up, you got to be able to take advantage of it and be the best person, be the answer that, 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 that something is, somebody's looking for. I think we got 10 seconds left, Vinooch. We better yeah, wrap, we gotta wrap things up, Mike. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to talk much about baseball, but, uh, you know, Dodgers are looking great, buddy. They're they're on the path this year to the uh, the uh, the COVID baseball season uh, to the playoffs. Giants are hanging around, hanging around. You got to trade Cueto. I don't know what you're doing. You're hanging on to him. You don't 
You, you need to trade him. You can get some nice commodities. Get some value on him. We got to trade Belt is what we got to do. He's been swinging a hot bat. <laughs> All right, Baca. Well, hey, thanks for the show again today. Hope everybody enjoyed today's version of the Nooch and Baca show with Matt Crevin. And we'll be back in two weeks on our podcast here for everybody to listen in again. Thanks again, Mike. Have a good one, Nooch. Later.